Alright, Shaquille O'Neal for Rad. This is not your normal PSA. Don't be stupid. Don't drink and drive. If you're gonna go out and have a good time, it's fine. But designate a driver to drive home. Let's stop the madness. Don't drink and drive. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Hey, welcome to Radio DePaul Sports. The student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. This is sports you've never heard of. I'm Jacob Ellis. And I'm Trenton Cito. And Jacob, we are finally, finally back in the studios. I know. It feels weird. It's, uh, feels nice, you know, staring out this uh, back window and seeing everybody walking around. But I, I just noticed right now there's no more tables, so people can't stare at us while they eat and we can't stare at them while they're stuffing their mouths full of delicious food. I mean, I can kind of see through the Sabaro window, so maybe there's people eating that low-quality pizza in there. (laughs) I see. Can you you see all of the toppings on their low-quality pizza from here? I don't know. I only ever got pepperoni because I feel like that's the only... You only go with equal cheese or pepperoni at a low-quality pizza place. I'm saying low quality as in I know the ingredients are low quality because they're cheap. They're actually pretty good. So but. Yeah, I've I've never actually had it myself, I think. But uh Why when it's white stale? I mean, there's a Chipotle outside, so I mean uh, I, well, I can there's go a there. lot Neil Hill. Yeah. That Chipotle, they add brisket. They uh, did? Yes. I just tried it the other day. They had brisket. And How I was sort it? of like, This is good, but why did we need brisket? It just tastes <laughs> sort of like slightly higher quality version of their steak. Okay. So I'm like, why? There's no reason. You, they also already had that carne asada thing, which was higher quality of their steak. Okay. So they keep adding new beef options. All my friends always get the, the carne asada, but I've never gotten it. It's Well, it's just like the steak, but it has more flavor, and I think they use a better cut of the beef. Okay. So I think that's why. I only I always get corn, cornitas unless there's some special new thing, which is the brisket. And I wasn't impressed, so oh. back to Cornitas. I see. Well, I've always gotten the the chicken because it was the cheapest. Broke oh. college student. <laughs> yeah, I can I can spend for Chipotle. Oh, that's that's true. Maybe maybe one day I'll go for something, or maybe today. I'm feeling kind of kind of hungry. Maybe I'll go and get that brisket that you uh, mentioned. Are they even gonna be open? Uh, I can. Ask them they to should open. have breakfast burritos <laughs> at Chipotle. That would be cool if I could customize a breakfast burrito. But you can get breakfast burritos basically anywhere else, can't you? But I want the Chipotle. I want to see what the Chipotle version of a breakfast burrito is. That's my interest. Okay. Because I'm not like, I know, like, there's better burritos than Chipotle. Everyone knows that. Uh, I think that, uh, though, I'm curious what their spin on a breakfast burrito would be. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of breakfast burritos, to be honest. Well, you can't have eggs. Yeah. So that, that's the whole point. <laughs> yeah, that that kind of does take away from it. It's like, uh, 
you know, oh, what do you want for breakfast? Well, I can't have eggs, but uh, I'll take the bacon. So it just ends up being bacon. No my, my problem eggs. with breakfast burritos, the only thing is they usually don't come with beans. And I've already explained to you my obsession with beans. Yes. Did I tell you about the new bean club? New bean club. Okay, so there's this company called Rancho Gordo, and they're known for making, like, high-quality special beans, and they, like, ship them, and you can buy them in stores. Is that the, the local one? or No, it's out of Napa, California. Okay. I think they grow the beans everywhere. You can definitely buy them here because I've seen them at Whole Foods. But Rancho Gordo, so they, they, like, do normal beans like black beans and stuff, but they're really known for it. They have a wide variety of beans. So you can get, like, some bean that's only known in one small region of Mexico. You can get a bean from them for that. And they have, like, beans that are weird, like, colors mismatch in it. So they started a club that was, like, sort of one of those subscription box services. Like, you know, like, Hello Fresh or whatever. <laughs> if we were a YouTube video, they would be all sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh... So they do one of those subscription box services every, like, month or couple of months, but it's beans, and it's, like, really rare beans. And the thing was, I saw, like, an article about this because it was so popular. They have, like, a 30,000 waiting list to become part of the bean club because they just can't support how many people want to be on this bean club. So it's, like, 7,000 people are in this bean club. It's a very specialized club. I know. And it's like, I learned about this. I'm like, I would definitely join, but I'm already too late if it's like a 30,000 um, waiting list. And like, I learned about it after the article. It has to be like twice as high now. So like, I don't know. Like, just the fact that now we've gotten to the point where you can have a bean club, we've really reached the peak of like these services. I gotcha. Well, I'm not a super big fan of beans myself, so... Uh, what kind of beans have you even had? Um, black beans. Just that? There's such a variety. Mainly, mainly I've only had black beans. Okay, so there's <laughs> maybe there's two types of beans I've had. I've had black beans from uh, Chipotle and black beans from Chicago Public Schools. And clearly those two do not compare. Wait, so you talked about going to Chipotle earlier. You never just were like, I'm going to try the pinto beans there? No, my <laughs> friends always do. But I've always just gone with the black beans because it seems like the simplest choice. They're, they're both very simple. It's just a bean, like, cooked in water. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Chipotle would beg to differ. They have their uh, oh. ingredients on their website. Yeah, well, I'm sure there's this actual difference, but pretty much it's a bean and water with some spices. <laughs> but it gets so much better when you expand your bean horizons. That's going to be your goal this quarter. Try two new types of beans. Two new types of beans, okay. I will have to, uh, I will have to find another type of beans besides uh, pinto beans. Well, okay, just go to a store. Go there's to like 20 up. kinds of beans. <laughs> I literally have like a a thing at my house at my apartment right now and it's a bean variety pack or it's like it's a bean medley in a, like a pouch so it's three types of beans there you go and one of them is black beans so you have something familiar i see all right a little a little something uh familiar and two surprises to try i see there you go okay well yeah we're back um in the studio I haven't been in Chicago since uh, March 2020, 
when I came back finally. Trenton has been in Chicago the full time. Yes. But he did at one point leave. Well, he left multiple times, but there was one <laughs> special time he left. This summer, Trenton went to the Olympics in Tokyo. Yeah, it was uh it was a blast. It was hot. It was a great new place with great food. Um they didn't really let us out that much. We couldn't really go anywhere, but um you know, it's it is what it is, but I enjoyed myself there. So you should tell the listeners, because they might not know, that the reason why you could go and most tourists couldn't go. Oh, yes. Uh, so there happened to be this little event over in uh, Tokyo that was supposed to happen in 2020, but didn't end up happening in 2020. It ended up happening in 2021. And uh, uh, most of you might not know it, but it's called the Olympics. And... Uh, I was there to cover a sport called badminton for USA Badminton, so. Yeah, okay. You <laughs> want to talk about anything else about going to Japan during the Olympics? Uh, well. I Were can... you allowed to go to the opening games? The opening ceremony? Ceremonies, yeah. Yes, I was. Okay. It was deathly hot. <laughs> well, yeah. I heard there was a lot of people talking about how they thought they should have just since they're already delaying it, they should have done it like September, because then like Tokyo really cools off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that would have been a little bit better, I think. Um, honestly, I don't think I was really dressed prepared for that kind of heat because it's like a lot of humidity and heat, and it just makes every day like ninety to a hundred degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. I'd, uh, I don't remember what it was in Celsius. <laughs> well, do the math. Come on. You know the equation? No, I just used an app for it. <laughs> but yeah, and then, so wait, you could go to, wasn't it like you could stay in the hotel, mm-hmm. and then you could go to the venues, right? and you couldn't do anything else? Yeah, I mean, we could go to multiple different venues. I mean, I had access to pretty much all the sports, but... You know, you're you're there working pretty much every day for your own sport. And, you know, you wake up at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. You take a, uh, a transport bus over to your venue, and then you're there for pretty much the entire day. And then you get back to your hotel at, like, 11 or 12 p.m. Or 11 p.m., 12 a.m., and uh, have to wake up at six again the next day it's just there's no time really to just kick back and relax um i mean i would get back to my hotel room at night and i would have to write articles and just get ready for the next day of work and you know i i'm barely keeping my eyes open like are you really making going to the olympics sound depressing (laughs) (laughs) no i mean it was fun it was it was really exciting it's just all of that excitement, I was there for two weeks. So by, like, the after the first three days of just, like, adrenaline pumping every day, like, wow, this is so cool. Wow, I'm in a new place. Wow, everything's overwhelming, and I'm trying to figure everything out. Then it's kind of just like, wow, everything's still exciting, but oh, my God, I'm exhausted. I could sleep for a week. Yeah. Well, yeah. What was the story about when you got to the airport to leave? Oh. 
This was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Tony. Okay, yeah. So um, I got to the airport uh, to catch my flight out. I was the only one on the airport shuttle bus. So I kind of arrived at the, the airport by myself, and I'm looking around, and China has their uh, part, some of their national team already at the airport. They're about to fly out. They're all in their, you know, China uniforms, and, you know, they have China on all of their bags and such. And uh, they're being helped by a, a large group of volunteers. And I'm asking one volunteer, you know, where am I supposed to go? And they didn't exactly understand what I wanted to do. So eventually the China group left. And then they're like, hold on, we'll get somebody to help you. And somebody came over and said, okay, follow me. And we started walking the same way that the China group went. And I was like, okay, I maybe I should have figured that out on my own. And uh, I'm looking for my airline counter that I'm supposed to check in at. And they lead me past where I think it is. And I'm like, uh, was that it? And they're like, no, 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 keep going. So I keep following them until eventually I see all of Team China again. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. And then they bring me up to Team China. And one of uh, their managers comes up with their checklist. <laughs> and they just look at me. And I look at them. And the volunteer is like, here's this person. And uh, mutually, we decided that was a little bit wrong. <laughs> and uh, the China volunteer was like, uh, yeah, he's not with us. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not with you guys. And I said, Team USA. And they're like, oh, my bad. <laughs> so they just took me away. And uh, yeah. Did you have anything on you that was like a lanyard or something that was like USA badminton? I I had something that said Team USA on it, but my shirt was of like a similar design to the China one. Oh, okay. Or like the color. Cause... That's why I was curious. Right. Like, yeah. Was it like it said Team USA, and they're like, no, nah, he's China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it was it was a very fascinating experience, but uh, it was a it was a pretty big airport. I walked around for a while. They had an anime store. They had an anime store, but it was... No, don't laugh. <laughs> they had an anime store. <laughs> I mean, we couldn't go anywhere while we were there, so, you know, I wanted to go and stop by an anime store somewhere, but they wouldn't let us out of our hotel room. What, so. Is it like a comic book store, but it's only for anime, pretty no, much? No, it was like an entire... It had like a built-in restaurant. W what? <laughs> <laughs> it had like a built-in restaurant, and they had like anime posters everywhere, and they had a store that had, you know, if you wanted manga, if you wanted to look at collectibles and, and other stuff, but it was in a different terminal, and I'd have to take a shuttle bus over there. And I went over to take the shuttle bus, and everybody's standing in line, and then the shuttle bus comes, the bus driver comes out, and then he says, tickets please, and I'm like, oh no, they're not going to let me on, are they? So I'm standing at the back of the line, slowly they move up, and everybody's showing them uh, their boarding tickets at that terminal. And then it comes all the way to me, and he looks at me and he goes, Ticket? <laughs> and I go, there's an anime store over there? And he said, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so sadly, I was not able to uh, 
visit that anime store. I like how half your stories about the half the time you spent talking about the Olympics was just the experience at the airport <laughs> going back. <laughs> Sometimes trips are like that, where really the airport experience is most of the experience. Yeah, either that or, or the hotel. Hotel, airport, yeah. Yeah. Just uh, sometimes they really are an experience. Right. If you've uh if you've never traveled overseas, uh, particularly to Japan, and you go into your hotel room and you find that nothing turns on, then look for somewhere to slide your uh room key into. Oh, they did that in some place in Europe I went to too. Yeah, I uh I spent one night without air conditioning there when it was oh, like that's bad like 87 degrees and i also took a shower in the dark because oh that's scary because the bathroom lights were connected to that so i used my phone flashlight like i turned it on and i just set it like shooting up into the ceiling um and then halfway through my shower my phone light turned off and i'm just in the dark cold and wet and i'm like help <laughs> Help? <laughs> yeah. Not so. even yelling it. You're just like, help. <laughs> yeah, but um, it was good. It's just uh, the next day, I I went down to the front desk, and I was like, putting into Google Translate on my phone. Sorry, nothing in my room turns on. <laughs> and the person at the counter just gave me a weird look, and he's like, "All right, that's kind of weird, but I'll bite." And then he followed me, and uh, I lead him to my room. I open the door, and we walk in, and I'm going to show him to the bathroom because I'm like, okay, that's the easiest to show him, that the lights don't turn on in the bathroom. And I open the bathroom door, and he's just standing at the room's doorway <laughs> looking at me, and he kind of, like, cocks his head a little bit and gives me a weird look. He says, room key? <laughs> and I'm like, huh? <laughs> and he says, room key. <laughs> So I I pull it out of my wallet and I hand it to him. And then he just turns a little bit to his right, slides the room key into the slot, and the lights turn on. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm an idiot. <laughs> and then he starts walking towards the bathroom. I'm like, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay, I figured it out. <laughs> but he pushes past me, opens the door, presses the the light. The lights turn on, of course. And then he just turns to me and gives me the most disappointed look <laughs> and I'm like uh arigato gozaimasu <laughs> you can go now thank you <laughs> okay well that was quite an adventure <laughs> <laughs> yes it's uh it's made for some wonderful stories going forward that's now I want to see uh, Lost in Translation remake where it's just you getting confused constantly. <laughs> oh <laughs> no! <laughs> oh no! It's like what's going on? <laughs> I mean, that was me for for two weeks. I mean, it, this is through radio, so I mean, our listeners cannot see me, but I am very much Asian, and when you go to somewhere like Japan, and you know, the only thing that I really know in Japanese is thank you. And so I'm just going around because in Japan, it's a very thankful culture. Everybody thanks everybody for everything. Yeah. So, I mean, whenever 
whenever I go to thank somebody, I'm just like, arigato gozaimasu, because I'm like, you know, like, if you thank them in their own language, then I feel like they would be appreciative, except then they look at me, and they're like, oh, he understands Japanese, <laughs> and then they start speaking to me in Japanese, and I'm like, oh, no, I, I can't understand, but all the volunteers there spoke three languages mainly, Japanese, English, and Chinese, and because of that, they can understand basically everybody who goes to the Olympics, so first they try Japanese, and then they try Mandarin, and my Mandarin is not at the level that it was when I was in AP Chinese like six years ago. Um, and then eventually I'm like, English, please? <laughs> and they just look at me and they're like, you're a disappointment. <laughs> that was like when I used to work at a bagel shop. I want to, Sometimes we would get like Spanish, customers would speak Spanish. And like I was, I was in high school Spanish, so I was well-trained. And one thing, always in school, they make sure you know everything about food in a different <laughs> language. So when they would say, like, so they would say, like, oh, it's this, and then they would say this thing, and they maybe would, like, translate for through one person in the group, I would be able to hear the one person, and I would start putting it in. But one time, I think I actually answered to them in Spanish, and then they <laughs> thought I was really, so they talked really fast, and I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's always that's always the roughest. Okay, well, we've talked a lot of time <laughs> without actually getting into the sport that you've never heard of. Yes, that's true. Jacob, for the sport this week, I am poking you, but socially distanced poking. What? <coughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, everything's going to be shut down now. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much like sickness anxiety where I cough <laughs> or sneeze in a store and people stare at me. <laughs> I once like sneezed like three times in a Whole Foods, and just you know, Whole Foods people can be more judgmental than oh, us. Oh no, <laughs> uh, that was awful. <laughs> also, when you sneeze in a mask, it stays with you. Uh, that's true. Yeah, so also it was just bad experience overall. But okay, yes. Trenton is poking me, but socially distanced. He just got a big stick. Yes. And he keeps trying to jab my eyes out, but I'm blocking it. Yes. And I'm saying, you're it. <laughs> That's right. I'm it. I'm that clown that gives me nightmares. Oh, no. I refuse to watch that movie. But okay, yes. This week we're talking about tag. And yes, everybody's heard of tag. But did you know it's a professional sport now? Wow. I know. We've really come to a place <laughs> where absolutely everything about our childhood that's like sweet and nostalgic has been monetized and made into something competitive and not sweet and childlike. Or maybe still a little bit. We're going to find that out. But yes, yeah, so this week we're looking at Wood Chase Tag. It's a professional version of the game on tag that's played on a poor core like course. So it's really not just professional tag. They add in a new element to make it unique. So if just having tag was not just a child's dream, but adding parkour and jumping over things as well, this is like... Well, this is when you play tag on the jungle, jungle gym. That's true. Yeah. And then the whoever was like the teacher who was watching recess got mad at you, and then you had to go in timeout <laughs> corner or whatever. <laughs> They tried the band tag for so long <laughs> at my school. They did? Why? 
Because they will be like, oh, it's uh, dangerous for something to run around it's and dangerous. hit people. I don't know. <laughs> We're not really hitting. We're touching. But, like, all you have to do to convince the teacher when you're a kid you're not playing tag is just make up a new name for it. Oh, so I So we see. used to just constantly, at some point, we just, because the Hunger Games novels were big, we oh, were just saying we were playing Hunger Games. <laughs> and they allowed that? Yeah. Oh, my God. So just, I remember, we never said to a teacher we're playing tag. And the entire time in elementary school, we always called it something else. And then when I got to middle school, I saw little fights and people wouldn't do stuff. So anyway, back to tag. Why are you just thinking? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's an interesting thought. That's how progression works. At some point, they have to take off the safety blanket and just be like, okay, this is sports now. <laughs> Welcome to the real world. Which is middle school. <laughs> So, yeah, war history, well, I mean, uh, Ward Chase Tag, uh, it started in 2011 by brothers Christian and Damien DeVox, uh, the British. Uh, they had a game of tag. They used to play tag a lot with one of the kids, and then they found at one point they had trimmed down, like, these bushes on the property. So it was only, like, the branching and the, yeah, the actual stem of the sort of bush and the branching. And it sort of allowed them to sort of run through it. So it was sort of big bushes. And then they were like, this makes tag more fun because they have to like sort of go through an obstacle. And eventually they moved this into a gym and they started benching benches and self-made scaffolding they would have to get around. And all of this became very clear that like this was a unique version of tag that could actually be like made into a professional game. I remember at my school around the perimeter of the playground we used to have like bushes but you know the the landscapers had put in the bushes but left like a gap between rows of bushes that allowed tiny little children to be running between the bushes and like it was basically a maze and people started using it to play like tag and hide and seek in the bushes until one day uh one of the kids got stung by a bee, and then nobody did wanted to go to the bushes anymore. Yeah, they wouldn't have let us done that in my school. I went to a school like it was so it's California. We're on the side of like an open space, like a hill that it's like a park. Uh, so we had rattlesnake warnings, which would be like rattlesnakes, and Ooh. I've literally seen teachers kill rattlesnakes on the playground. Oh, so we really couldn't go out into the bushes because uh. we were warned there's a rattlesnake. Gotcha. Yeah, but we did have a lot of room, but yeah, that was, I wish we could, but caca. That's not what rattlesnakes say. <laughs> Back going to it. So basically, with these bench, the benches and the scaffolding, they found that it wasn't just like really fast people. A very unique skill set aligned itself to tag, which was parkours. Parkours? Par par parkourians? Porkoyans? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they'll call it. But yeah, people who play parkour, people who did parkour. And this was really good for parkour. Porkoyans? I'm going to call them that <laughs> now. I like that. <laughs> because the thing was, it's so, they don't make money. They're like running around on uh, buildings and stuff. You have to get to a really special level where you can kind of make money out of parkour because then you're like in the very few tournaments they had for parkour. 
Uh, and they also had, um, uh, maybe they could do like some, like have a successful Instagram page of them doing parkour so they could have sponsors. But really, it's not a type of sport you could get income from. So this was perfect for like pretty much these teams of parkourians who usually didn't have any in form of income from their hobby now could form these tag teams and the the game of professional tag got profited, like they could make money off it very quickly compared to some other sports we talk about, just because it lends itself so easy. Like this might have the biggest turnaround from being like someone's idea to it is broadcast on television. Cause if you didn't, most you probably don't know, but they did broadcast this on NBC sports, a version of this in um, about 2000 in 2020 was the first time I think when they were filling up the schedule for sports, but they actually did at one point play it when there was still NFL football, so it could actually exist cohesively with sports. So that's quick turnaround 2011 to 2020. And 2011 is when they came up with the idea. They might have not been going full in on it yet. So it really was good for these teams of parkourers to make some money about from it. But Trenton... How does this even really work? I just know there's benches and you're playing tag. What does this mean? Yes, so there is a, a very fixed area that you can play in. So the rules here, each match is contested on a 12 meter fixed squared perimeter known as the quad. Hey, we have a quad. Yeah, it's not <laughs> as cool as this though. That's true. This one has a number of obstacles including and uh these the, are the names they yeah. give them they're not literally what we're saying um the tilted cube the mountain the loading bay the ridge the front line and possibly my favorite the sisters oh no i like the tilted cube <laughs> oh i see um it's kind of hard to describe exactly what these are but they're basically just different configurations of railings and I guess beams that you can well there's go like around. so there's always little platforms and then there's like sort of the railings that support the platforms and around it. So they're basically different configurations of that. Yeah. Um and then there's so there's two teams that compete and they have six players on each team, but they're not all at there at once. There's a player from each team on it at once. One is the chaser, one is the evader, not taggle and what would they call it in tag when you're being chased? The taggy? The, uh, maybe. But yeah, so, and they have 20 second rounds, and pretty much you start, the chaser starts on one side of the quad, the evader starts in the other. They have 20 seconds if the chaser can tag you. They become the evader and it goes on. But if you are the evader and you don't get tagged in that 20 seconds, you get a point for your team. Um, what a round, I think it's best of 16, but I may be wrong. Yes. Yes, best of 16. Uh, or it's points out of the 16 round. Um, the, so tags only count by hand, not by foot. We're uh, playing by those strict rules. I see, so you can't kick somebody. No. That would be fun, though. I'd, slightly I'd, a different game. <laughs> I feel like it would be, uh, it'd be hard to kick somebody when you're chasing after them unless so there is like a foul play so they have to stay in the quad obviously 
Um, and then, yeah, if the player st- steps out of the quad, the other their team loses that round, and the other team would just automatically get a point. So, yeah, it's pretty... They have, like, a strict rules. It's more formalized than tag. Um, there have been... So, they they have had world championships. They called world chase tag world championships. But each one, they sort of just call it world chase tag one, world chase tag two. Okay. So, world chase tag one was held in 2016. So, think 2011, 2016, they already had a world championships, pretty much. That's quick. Nice. Uh, it was one with a team called Moreo Gang. They were from England. They won. And Moreo Gang won World Chase Tag 2 in 2017 and World Chase Tag 3 in 2018. But then World Chase Tag 4, United, which is a France slash Switzerland team, won. And Moreo Gang lost to a U.S. team called GNF in the quarterfinals. So just in that one year, they completely lost it. They Ooh. had so much control. Ooh. Uh, in 2019, there was also a European championship with Team Blacklist from France, which was actually captained by one of the like founders of the parkour, uh, Sebastian Foucan. So his team won, and it makes sense that the person who almost founded parkour would win at this parkour-like sport. That seems almost unfair. Well, it's 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 not like he found it. The founders of would chase tag on in it. But yeah, I wonder how they would do in it. I don't know. I don't think they're actually like athletic level enough to be in it, but they mm-hmm. did create it so they would know things. Um but yeah, uh Wood Chase Tag USA, so the first USA Championships was held in October 2020 and a team Apex won. They didn't give locations, so I don't know where each of their teams in the U.S. are from. Uh, So they have, like, really strict stats and all the players, but it was, like, they don't keep it, like, up-to-date, like, who's the best in the world. So I couldn't get the best player. I know the best team most recently was United. They haven't held a championship since 2019. Uh, But I think one's coming up. Don't know exactly when. But, like, they do keep, like, statistics of, like, how often the players evade chasers or, like, how good are they as a chaser, like, how often do they get them and things like that. And I know in my research there was one player, I can't remember his name, he has never been, uh, he has never, a chaser has never, I mean, an evader has never evaded him when he's been chaser. Ooh. He's that successful, which is kind of crazy in this void of sport. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so there are not many statistics um, that we could go to that would make sense. They have very, like, they already have their own terminology, like batting average, but for, but for tag. And we're not going to get into that. But we are going to get into the strategies. So um, the creators had a really interesting video where they explained all the strategies on uh, YouTube on Vox. So I'd recommend looking that up. But pretty much, not right now. Hold on. We still got a show. But pretty much, there's all these strategies that they've already realized. So one is, in the first four seconds of the chase, so remember, it's a 20-second round, you're not going to be able, it's going to take four seconds, pretty much, for the chaser to even get close to the evader. So that first four seconds, it's just the time. Mm -hmm. So if you think a fifth of the time is pretty much meaningless. 
It's just how long it takes them to get to that size. And then, like, after that, there's going to be all these, they pretty much call them evasions, evading, and interactions. So pretty much in the time that the evader is getting away from the chaser, they call evasions, but there's always going to be at some point, because it's a square, that they're going to have to sort of stop, and it's going to be called an interaction, which is can just be, like, real quick, the guy tries to hit you, and then, like, he can't, and you run away, or you do. Or it could be these little sort of standoffs where it's like a second or two that they're just sort of looking at each other's eyes and like, what are you going to do? And so one strategy is they've sort of figured out there's this, because of the obstacles, there are areas in the quad you want to be where you won't get caught by, where basically there's something in between you and the chaser. So if you're an invader, you have protection, so it's easier to get around. And they call these evasion quality, the areas, they call them evasion quality, or EQ for short. So high EQ is an area where there's like, there's a big obstacle in between you. There's a lot of protection. That's where you want to be when you're in an interaction. Uh, low EQ would be like, this is sort of an open area of the quad. You don't want to be there because it's going to be easy for them to come and get you. So an invader's best strategy is just sort of to win, the, to pretty much lead the chase one away. Well, it, when this interaction is going to come up, this little standoff, he wants to be, he or she wants to be in a uh, high EQ area. Oh, I did not, we did not mention this. They're definitely, the teams are, uh, what's the term? Co, co-ed, no, it's mixed gender. So it can be mixed gender teams. It is male-led sport. There's mostly men, but there are teams that have like really good female players. So I forgot to mention that. We always like to mention that. Um, so pretty much in these like interactions, then there's a lot of strategy. Uh, evaders will sometimes like juke chasers, just like in football or like sort of do a dribble thing like in basketball or just like try to juke them out. Or sometimes they'll call it idle, which is where you have the obstacle and you're kind of just moving around behind it and trying to juke them out. And then evaders, and then sometimes the... Uh, Chasers would do something called shepherding or hooding, which is where you're a chaser and you're going to try to sort of keep the evader in this sort of corner where they're going to try to juke you out because eventually you can sort of inch up towards them and then you can get them. But then there's even a crazier strategy by the evaders called a reverse hood, which is where you try to keep the evader, I mean the chaser, in that sort of area so they sort of think it's like reverse psychology so they think they're hurting you but you're actually keeping them in an area where you can easily keep your eye on them it's like so much psychological levels to this game <laughs> and that's that's not even to to mention this other strategy in which the evaders will sort of trick the chaser with their eyes and you know look look in one direction and then take off in the other direction or yeah just it's like of... a fake pass or something like that right yeah but even there's one guy who apparently is famous for he points and he actually just it's so effective he just points in one direction and, and, then, the and then flees the other way because it's just this because you have to make such quick second decisions it's such an easy trick where just someone's gonna like naturally look towards the point and then like they're gonna go the other way so we talked about this game's strategies trenton both of us every child sort of has played tag 
what was your strategy when you played regular tag on the playground? Oh, wow. My, my strategy was run fast and don't be caught. That's a silly strategy. There's like <laughs> no particular thing. See, what you got to do is you got to go with someone, sort of kneel them. So meaning when you tag, you can tag that other person. Okay. Or you got to purposely see. run in zigzag. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's alligators. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. Did you know that, like, there's that myth that, like, if an alligator chasing you runs zigzag? That's not true. Alligators are intelligent enough. They'll just run straight through. Mm. And alligators can hit, like, 20 miles per hour on land. Right. It's pretty much, if you see an alligator climb a tree, they can't climb. Unless they can. That would be a really terrifying <laughs> way to die. You're in a tree, like, I'm safe. Then, <laughs> climb up the tree. Oh, no. But yeah, um, so obviously evading, sort of when you link, think of this, you think, okay, is it like, some of you are probably thinking it's so much easier to be a chaser in this, or it's so much easier to be an invader. So the truth is, how, and how they've like manipulated how the obstacles have gone up over time, evading has gotten much easier than it was in the past. It used to be like, if you could actually successfully invade, you were one of the greatest of all time. But it's gotten a lot easier. So now sort of the organizers of the sport say, like, on average, they try to keep with all of these. Like, evasion rate, they want to be 25%. So pretty much a fourth of the time, the invader will get away. And the, but the chase will get him to, which may seem low, but it kind of makes sense that it would be like that, just based off everything. Um, there's not, another thing is, there's not many places you can actually, like, you want to do this. There are not many official places you can do. Uh, they'll spread all across the world, but there's usually, like, one or two places in a country. And even a country like the U.S., there's only two, like, official wood chase tag spaces. One in Philadelphia and one in Washington, D.C. And the pretty, so the pretty much poor core gyms that they sort of have a special place for, for tag. Uh, Mexico has, like, three in Mexico City. Hmm. I found that really interesting that, like, if there can only be, like, two in the entire United States, there can be three in one highly close area. So yeah. I'm curious about the reasoning for that. So there's a lot of interest in this, you know? Like, mm -hmm. there's it's coming up. It's a big game. We should decide now, is it a sport? But wait, there's something else that has to come up. There is? Trenton. Oh, no. <laughs> It's time for one of your favorite parts of the show. When I come up with questions for quiz. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say it's uh, time for my favorite part of the show where you get up and chase me around the studio. <laughs> no, if this is a visual show, I'll definitely do that. I'm, I'm sort of small right now. Yeah. But yeah, no. We're gonna, I'm going to quiz you on special tag variations. Oh. So this won't be anything about wood chase tag, but we're going to talk about there are many variations to tag that exist in games, like for children, for adults, for everyone. Not for babies. Babies shouldn't play tag. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to ask you some tr questions, and you're going to try to get, I think you can get three out of five correct. Three out of five, okay. You're going to get a reward if you get three out of five. Oh. Which is a uh, socially distanced pat on the back. Yay. Okay, so everyone listening can play along. Question one. A common myth is that the game of tag is actually an acronym 
for its original title. What is tag apparently short for? A. Track and grab. B. The attack game. C. Trail a gale. Or D. Touch and go. Um. I mean, tag is a very old game. Yes. So, what is a gale? Sounds like a bird. <laughs> Trail a gale. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with that. C. Trail a gale. And the answer is, eh, it's wrong. Oh no. D. It was D. Touch and go. See, I purposely put Trail Gale because that sounds like an old-timey thing. Oh, like maybe I see. there was some girl named Gale that they were just teasing, <laughs> and that's what Tag came out of. Oh. But no, it was Touch and Go, which is so simple. Uh, there's no proof of this. Uh, Snopes.com actually said it was false, but like they really can't prove it's not true. They just said there's no evidence for it. And every dictionary says they don't know where it came from. But this is the commonly held belief that it came from touch and go. I see. Uh, so question two. The first laser tag arena was opened in what year? A, 1968. B, 1977. C, 1984. Or D, 1991. Laser tag. So laser yeah. tag arena was first opened. Ah. Uh... Honestly, this seems like an 80s thing. 1984. Let's go with that. And yes, it was 1984. Oh, yeah. So laser tag, there was sort of fads where there was toys where they would do little laser tags. Mm -hmm. And that started as early as the early 1960s. But it was, and there was a laser tag game that came out with the first Star Trek movie. Um, movie, not show. But there was a guy in Texas. Apparently, Texas is where most laser tag arenas came out of. A guy in, I can't remember if it was Houston or Dallas, he was inspired by Star Wars to make an arena that sort of looked like the Death Star. Ooh. And he, it opened in 1984. And then, like, two auto competitors opened in 1985, and they both claimed to have been the originals. But obviously the evidence is it was this guy in 1984. So yeah, I thought Laser Tag was older than the 80s, but, yeah. Crazy. So you have one right. You're going to have to get at least two out of these next three. Okay, question three. Duck, duck, goose is a common variation of tag, which I never realized until looking this up. But yeah, it's obviously a variation on tag. But anyway, back to the question. Duck, duck, goose is a common variation of tag, but is not always called the same thing in different places. What is duck, duck, goose called in Minnesota? A, toki, toki, chicken. B, duck, duck, gray duck. C, deal, deal, moose. Or D, poke, poke, pick. Uh, the obvious answer to me is deer, deer, moose. Because I feel like Minnesota is known for those. But you're sort of giving me a, <laughs> a little look here that... I just find this one really funny. That <laughs> I just got to come up with all these something, something, somethings. You're kind of giving me a little interesting look here that you're like, yes, I tricked him. but well, Maybe I did it and I just find it funny. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to have to go with my gut and say, dear, dear moose. And, eh. No. It's duck, duck, gray duck. What? The most uncreative one. <laughs> what? 
I don't know why. I just I pe- repeatedly see this when it comes up on Duck Duck Goose. It's always oh, but Minnesota calls it Duck Duck Gray Duck. That's odd. Which seemed like that would be horrible because it would just be sort of confused people. Well, maybe that's the idea. Mm, but see. how do we know the other ducks aren't gray when they don't have like a color? I don't know. Okay, now you need to get these next two. Oh no. Okay. So question four. The game Muckle, which is called different things and has a very outdated and offensive alternative name that I'm just not going to mention, has a unique spin on the game of tag. Is it A, you compete as a pair, so if you are tagged, so is your partner. B, you can only tag with your feet. C, everyone is it except one person. Or D, after being tagged, you must retreat to a base before tagging anyone else. Um... I'm going to say C, everyone is it except for one person, because that sounds like a lot of fun. And that is correct. Everyone is it except for one person. Yes. So just so you know, in some variations of this, where it was, everyone is it, that means they would basically tackle one person, and it was really (laughs) a bullying thing. Oh, no. So they're all variations which were very fun, but it kind of started as a bullying thing. So, yeah. Okay, you need to get question five. I didn't actually think it would be this dependent on question five. (laughs) Oh, no. So, question five. Which of the following is not a real variation on tag, like the name, and one that I just made up? A, Irish Irish Handshake. B, Blind Man's Bluff. C, British Bulldog. Or D, Sock Tag. I, um, uh, B sounds really interesting. Blind man's bluff. That, that can that almost sounds like a, a, a Captain Jack Sparrow movie. Honestly, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. Blind, blind, blind man's bluff. bluff. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It does. Um, I, uh, but. British Bulldog kind of sounds like it would be more viable than A, which is Irish Handshake. Um, I'm going to go with, for some reason, C is resonating with me. And I'm as not sure it's why. not the real variation. On no, that. as in it is the real variation. Well, but you're supposed to guess what is not the real Oh, what variation. is not? Oh, no. So three of oh, these wait. are correct. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, so no. three of these are correct. Oh, that's that's difficult. Oh. Yeah, I realized when I was writing this, like, that would be much more difficult. Like, oh. how many real, real versions are tagged all? Uh-huh. Wait, the three of these are actually real? Three no. of these are real. One of these I made up. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, I'm going to say... The made-up one is B, Blind Man's Bluff. Is that your final answer? Yes. And and that's incorrect. No. The one I made up is Irish Handshake. <laughs> oh, that was, that was my original gut feeling. I thought Irish Handshake <laughs> sounded like a fight move, and I thought that was funny. <laughs> no, uh, British Bulldog is what they call Shorks and Meadows in Australia oh, and England. Oh, okay. And uh, sock tag is where you just fill up a sock with something and then, like, oh, throw no. it at people. Oh, no. Or, like, hit people with it. It sounds aggressive. 
uh, Blind Man's Bluff is where someone's, it's sort of like Marco Polo on land. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So you only got two out of five correct. Maybe one of our listeners got more than three out of five correct. (laughs) I would have gotten five out of five correct because I looked this up. Of course. But, yeah, so you do not get the socially distanced pat on the back. No. How unfortunate. Yep. It's okay. Next time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so back to it. We've discussed Ward Chase Tag. We've discussed everything about it. We must get to the final decision. Is it a sport? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's competitive. It's, I mean, it's official. And it's athletic. I'm just thinking back when I first told my mom this was what I was going to, I told her this was going to be my first episode, professional tag. She was like, that's stupid. Oh, no. <laughs> Which I don't know if she realized how advanced it was. And I'm, even if she disagrees still after this, I'm going to send her a video. Because, yes, it is definitely a sport. Uh, it, what's funny is we already talked about like basically a professional version of tag with Kabaddi. Oh, but, right. But like it's funny how there's still a yet a different version. And almost like those two words were interesting and could combine. But, mm-hmm. yeah, this is very unique. Um, so it is a sport. Would you play it? I would, although it seems kind of dangerous, as in running into metal objects. More dangerous than sock tag? Uh, what about sock tag on this? That seems difficult, because like, <laughs> then you're having to reach over obstacles while swinging a, a sock filled with something. Yeah. It seems like uh, a lot of bruised elbows i mean they definitely get injured like with the scaffolding and everything right yeah yeah would you play not with a sock (laughs) but yeah i would try it i don't think it'd be very good especially if i was someone really good i feel like if i would have just like and i feel most people would be like this if they just tried it off the bat without any sort of instruction or anything it would be more like a long standoff Right. Because you would probably get into very standoffy type thing and not actually running around avoiding things because you have to actually come from a running around avoiding things type place to really think that way first. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this would be more like it's a spaghetti western, but there's a bunch of scaffolding in front of me. And I just don't want them to touch me. Gotcha. All yeah. right. So that's been our first show. Do we have? Yeah, we're close to. The yeah, we are. We are close to the end here. It's uh, it's been a very nice time being back here in the studio. We've had a lot of people just walking behind us and and staring at us, and you know, just kind of giving us some glances, looking up at the sign that says on air, and they're like, whoa, Radio DePaul Sports is back on air. There's a lady with a shopping bag. I wonder if it's my DoorDash order. (laughs) I ordered eggless breakfast burrito. Eggless eggless breakfast burrito. And they called in the middle, like, what? How is it eggless? (laughs) Just want bacon and a tortilla. (laughs) Uh, Okay, uh, sources for this episode have been Vox, Snopes.com, and the official governing body of Wood Chase Tag on and the website. Uh, right. This 
next week we'll be doing something. We haven't decided yet, but make sure to tune in. So you've been listening to Sports You've Never Heard Of with Jacob Ellis and Trenton Sito on Radio DePaul Sports. The student voice of your DePaul Blue Demon. Stay safe, everybody. from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago. It's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons.